Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Wednesday, October 13th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Missouri chestnut farmers are not able to keep up with demand. In four or five hours, we, we had over 100 orders. Uh, I mean, there's tremendous demand for chestnuts. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports on the growing chestnut farm industry in Missouri in just a few minutes. Five agencies in Missouri have new acting directors following major cabinet changes by Governor Mike Parson. As St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports, some of those changes were expected. The announcement of a new acting director for the Department of Economic Development comes after Rob Dixon announced his departure in September for a new job outside government, while Department of Mental Health Director Mark Stringer's replacement will start after Stringer's retirement at the end of October. However, for former Office Administration Commissioner Sarah Steelman, her resignation, effective immediately, was sudden. Steelman told the St. Louis Post-Dispatch that though the governor's office said she hadn't done anything wrong, they still asked her to resign. Another change in the cabinet is Acting Department of Social Services Director Jennifer Tidball transitioning back to her former position as chief operating officer of the same agency. Ken Zellers, current director of the Department of Revenue, will now head the Office of Administration. In the announcement, Parson did not give specific reasons for some of the changes. I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis health officials are not sure yet whether there will be another surge in COVID-19 cases this winter. They say vaccines and booster shots will help keep infection rates down. BJC Healthcare Chief Clinical Officer Dr. Clay Dunnigan is especially encouraging seniors to get booster shots. He also recommends everyone receive a flu shot. Internationally, flu seasons have tended to continue to be mild, and that is because in most places, masking and distancing are still being pushed pretty aggressively. Dunnigan says flu shots can be given at the same time as COVID-19 vaccines or boosters. U.S. Senator Tammy Duckworth is urging Democrats in the Illinois General Assembly to repeal a law requiring teens seeking abortions to notify their parents or guardians. Hannah Meisel has more. For the past several years, Democrats in the state legislature have worked to repeal Illinois' decades-old abortion restriction laws in the event abortion access were to be curtailed by the U.S. Supreme Court. Now that the nation's high court is taking up a direct challenge to Roe v. Wade, Democrats are moving to repeal Illinois' Parental Notification Act, the last remaining abortion restriction on the books. Senator Duckworth says the law puts teens in danger. It sounds like a good idea, but it also puts those vulnerable young people the ones who don't have good relationships with their parents in a very vulnerable place where they have no other option than to seek illegal means. Currently, teens must navigate a court system and appeal to a judge in order to get around letting their parents know about their abortion. I'm Hannah Meisel. Missouri is no longer allowed to require people seeking a medical marijuana business license to live in the state. The Missouri Independent reports the decision comes after a federal judge permanently blocked the state from enforcing a rule that cannabis facilities must be majority-owned by residents. Missouri voters approved that rule along with medical marijuana legislation in 2018. A marijuana investor from Pennsylvania challenged the regulation in a lawsuit filed last year. Americans eat more than seven and a half million pounds of chestnuts every year. Most are imported from Italy, China, and Korea, 
even though the Midwest has the perfect climate to grow the nut. St. Louis Public Radio's Jonathan All reports chestnuts are a growth industry in Missouri and may be another way to make small-scale farming profitable. Bill Stouffer is driving around his farm near Tipton in central Missouri. He spent decades growing corn and soybeans here. But about 10 years ago, he wanted to get out of that business and find a way to make his farm smaller and still profitable so he could leave his kids some of the land that has been in his family for more than 200 years. And for it not to be a burden for him. And we, so we were looking for a crop that would give high yield per acre uh, and let them make a choice whether they want to manage it or they want to hire management done. But have, have the farm be able to support itself and, be, and continue in the family for uh, years to come. So Stouffer planted 20 acres of chestnut trees in 2009. About three years later, they started to produce, and his family set up an online store. Chestnuts grow in spiky burrs and open up in mid-September, dropping the nuts onto the ground. Stouffer says when that starts happening, it's a quick turnaround to get them to customers. Generally speaking, they start dropping nuts on the 20th. And uh, so we opened up our website on the 22nd. In, in four five hours, we, we had over 100 orders. Uh, I mean, there's tremendous demand for chestnuts. Stouffer's family and a few hired high school students can harvest the chestnuts using little wire cages on the end of a stick. Then they can clean, sort, and package the chestnuts in a couple rooms at their barn. They go for about $6 a pound and sell out every year. That level of demand is encouraging other people to explore chestnut farming. Mike Gold is with the University of Missouri's Center for Agroforestry. He says even with the three- to five-year waiting period for new trees to produce nuts, chestnut demand is high enough that more people can enter the industry. We also do market surveys of the membership, and we find that prices are very high, demand's exceeding supply. Everybody sells out within a couple of weeks. So all needles are pointing in the right direction. According to the Chestnut Growers of America, there are 2,500 acres of chestnut farms in the U.S., and it would take more than 10,000 acres just to make up for what's being imported every year. Gold says chestnuts also benefit small farmers because it's not the kind of crop that can satisfy the demand through mass production. The preference for buy local is powerful. So somebody would much prefer to buy a Missouri chestnut if they're from Missouri than, say, a California chestnut and very much more than a, a European or Asian one. Also, our quality is better because they don't, they don't lose any quality in shipping. Even with chestnut demand outpacing supply, advocates for the nut are still trying to expose more people to the taste. Chestnuts are literally roasting on an open fire at the Missouri Chestnut Roast Festival at the University of Missouri Research Farm in New Franklin. Hundreds of people came out to taste chestnuts, get recipes, and learn more about the nut. Daniel Blake and Elizabeth DeMeyer of Columbia were among the people who tasted different breeds of chestnuts for market research. For both of them, it was their first time eating chestnuts. It's hard to compare them to like anything else, really. Like, I don't think I've ever tasted anything like that. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're sweet. The, the texture sort of threw me off because I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. they're good. Yeah. I like them. Promoters hope people will like the taste so much that they will eat them roasted or in recipes like chestnut dressing, hummus, and even chili. 
With the demand and potential, chestnut farming is appealing to people who are new to farming or want a smaller operation. It doesn't require expensive equipment like combines, and it can be profitable on a lot less than the thousands of acres needed to make money on row crops like corn and soybeans. Greg Heindelsman is a chestnut farmer in Lewiston. He says a chestnut farmer could make a living on as little as 5 to 10 acres. If you only have 1,000 pounds an acre, the figure is right around $6,000 an acre. Now, granted, all of that isn't profit. You've got some establishment costs and some maintenance as it goes along, but that's still a whole lot better than I can do in grain. <laughs> and Heindelsman says his chestnuts are doing so well, he's planning to take more acres out of corn production next year and plant more chestnut trees. I'm Jonathan All, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Fred Ehrlich edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. Happy 80th birthday to singer-songwriter Paul Simon. Maybe I'm a reason to believe we all will be received I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.